What is up, everybody? Welcome to Roll for Persuasion. I am your host, Andrew Richardson. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode where I bring on awesome guests in the D&D, RPG, tabletop gaming communities, and we talk about the awesome things that they are doing, uh, about the games they play, and about the cool things they have going on in their lives. Very cool guest today. We will get to her in just a minute, but first, let's knock out some business. As always, you can follow and interact with me and the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Roll Persuasion. Very active on Twitter, somewhat active on Instagram because really pictures of a podcast are just repetitive photos of my microphone and none of us want to see that. So that's fine. But Twitter, definitely on there. Definitely come check me out. If you want to shoot me an email, if you're not on Twitter, email me, Andrew at RollForPersuasion.com. Love to hear from you guys. If you're one of my listeners around the world, I see that I have downloads in countries I have never been to. So if you are from the Ukraine, Australia, you know, some of these random Japan, um, and for some reason decide you want to listen to my show, email me and let me know because I think that's pretty cool. Also, if you are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you leave us a five-star review uh, because the Apple magic really dictates the success of all shows in some really weird ways. And so we just have to lean into it, accept it for what it is, and hit that five-star button. If you don't have an iPhone, that's okay. One of your friends does. Just take it from them and uh, it takes like five seconds. It's really great. Thank you. And of course, I appreciate your support on patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. Uh, it's just five bucks a month. It helps me and the show out to cover kind of my expenses and fees. And it gets you access to cool things like you get previews of upcoming guests. You get to submit questions for guests if you so desire. And recently, as of a couple episodes ago, you get access to the Zone of Truth segment at the end of each episode where I chat with my guests about whatever we feel like. We've talked about photography, children's movies. Uh, we just, on the last episode with Ivan Van Norman, we spent like 10 minutes talking about the land before time. So what I'm trying to say is if you're not backing, you're really missing out. So if you can support the show, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. I appreciate it. It's great for the show. Big shout out to a recent supporter, Tabitha. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We appreciate you and uh, you helping us out. This show is made possible by two awesome sponsors who I love and appreciate very much, the first of which is Eldritch Boundary. They make awesome, awesome, awesome miniatures. You should check them out. If you want a custom mini for your home game, just to paint, if you love painting, creating, whatever, go to eldritch-foundry.com and check out their custom D&D character maker. You can pick your race, your weapons, your base, the clothing, the pose, everything you might want to have on a character they can do for you and they 3D print it in super high detail and they're adding new stuff all the time. So if you go there and there's not something you want, email them. They will let you know if it's coming up soon, what they can do. They're a great group over there and if you use my code ROLLPERSUASION at checkout, you will save 10% and I'll get a little kickback from that, full disclosure, and I appreciate that too. Our other great sponsor is Talon and Claw. You've heard me talk about them before. You've heard Anthony, the owner and master woodworker on the show. They make beautiful, beautiful wooden products. You can't see it, but I'm holding my new dice vault right now. Uh, it looks beautiful. It smells beautiful. It is uh, finely made and really fantastic. Um, super affordable too. So go to talonandclaw.etsy.com and you can check out all the cool things. DM screens, dice vaults, hero vaults, awesome stuff. And again, my code Roll Persuasion saves you 10% there as well. You support the show, you support small indie businesses in the industry, and all of that's pretty cool. And now, without any further ado, let's jump into the fun part, the fun part that you guys are all here for, where I introduce my guest, Hope Lavelle. What's going on? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I feel like I'm on like an NPR show. It's like, hello, and today our guest is Hope Lavelle. <laughs> 
appreciate you guys joining me today. Here we have our guest with us. It's like that golf voice, like that very like. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, that's that's the vibe we're going for. Is the uh, is the very stoic NPR Dungeons and Dragons uh, delivery. <laughs> it's so a perfect it, mix. It's good to know I I'm nailing it. it. So yeah, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, for the people who don't know, this month we are featuring awesome women in gaming, in the tabletop and streaming community, and Hope is our very first interview for this month. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for for joining us. Woo-hoo. It's going to be a cool month. Yay! So you're doing a lot uh, in the streaming in the streaming world, um, but you're fairly new to it, right? To like the the D and D like community at large, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's amazing. I've I've met so many people and, and the people that I have the pleasure of getting to play with and meet, uh, they're all doing so much in the community and, and they've really delved in to uh, different streams and, and events and, and the, just charities and it's so amazing. And I'm, I'm pretty new to, th- I've been doing a lot with D&D Beyond uh, for a little while, but there's just so much more out there that I'd love to get into and I'm trying to break into. I would love to be more involved in the community. And I think what's so cool about the community right now, because I, I'm fairly new to it as well. Um, I've been playing for a few years. I've definitely been in the quote unquote nerd world for, <laughs> for a long time uh, since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but only really into the community since I started the show. And it's just been amazing to me seeing how many opportunities there are and really how much space there is for personal mm-hmm. expression through a game, right? Like, like mm-hmm. even just people I've had on, I've had on podcasters, you, you're, you're on a stream and, and you do acting and, and I've had game designers on and people who, you know, brew coffee and work with wood <laughs> and, and like, and all of it though is like centered around this nexus of a game, which seems kind of silly, but then when you're in it, you're like, oh yeah, I see how there's room for everyone to, you know, find space to express themselves. And it's really cool. Right. And, and what's so amazing is how fast it's growing. Uh, I, I, I even still can't believe it. Like five years ago, three years ago, even when, um, I, I first met, uh, when I had moved to LA, I hadn't played D and D in a couple of years because I was in college. Um, and I, I came down here and I, I started, I was doing stunts. I was in the stunt world. Um, and I was training with, uh, TJ storm and we were training karate. We were training motion capture. And, uh, one day we went out to lunch and, uh, he had just gotten the new, uh, player's handbook for five E and we were looking at it and uh, he was just like, I was like, Oh man, I haven't played this in, in years, you know? Um, and he was like, do you, do you play? And I'm like, well, yeah, I used to. And and the, he, he, it was almost like a little shy kid who was like, right. Well, well do, do, do you want to play? And and it was so cool to see, like, you know, even back then, even just a couple years ago, it was still kind of like a, a closet thing in a sense where, you know, it, it, it wasn't as popular. It wasn't as uh, it was kind of still like, oh, that's a geeky thing to do. You're such a nerd. Um, and, and the way that it's blown up in just the few years that we've had where, now you've got people who are famous because they play D and D and, and yeah. it's it, the whole community. is just, it's blown up. Uh, it's, it's been really, really cool to watch. I mean, I, I kind of got in, I guess I've been playing for only three or four, four years now, four, maybe five, something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but even back then, like trying to figure out, okay, well how to play dungeons and dragons, like, like Googling around the, there was a lot out there, but compared to even now, like you said, just three years later, like, like back, you know, there weren't critical role was still fairly new. So there weren't like mm-hmm. all these, you know, big critical role videos explaining to people how to play and, 
and uh, Wizards online presence wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. D&D Beyond wasn't around. So even right. just the the resources available, because I, I mean, I think to try and like play digitally, I had to download an app on the phone and then go find yeah. like a ripped version of the player's handbook to like copy into the <laughs> app and it never worked. And, and now I'm like, yeah. oh, let me just open D&D Beyond, except for the one day ah. D&D Beyond is down and I can't play. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's Which crazy. Which is very rare. Very rare. Yeah, very rare. Let's, let's emphasize that one time, I think, in, in the year no, or so. It's, I've it's amazing. It. It's funny because I, I have characters that I've been playing for so long that I have to have them on paper, like because they were they were originated on paper, they were created yeah, on sure. paper, and I can't I I can't transfer them because it's st- it doesn't it won't click for me. I won't be able to feel like that's the character anymore. Uh, and then I have some characters that were created on D and D Beyond, uh, and it's so it's just interesting, like before and after, you know, the, I guess the internet <laughs> world of D and D. Right. Yeah. Well, well, let, let's go back then a little bit because you said that once you started playing with with TJ a few years mm-hmm. ago, that you'd kind of been off for a while because of college or whatever. When did mm-hmm. you get into D anD D? What was kind of the first memory or moment for you playing the game? You know what? It's it's really funny because uh, I I've always said that D anD D is in my blood <laughs> because uh, I, I always heard stories that uh, my mother would always tell stories of my dad. She was like, "Oh, your dad was so into that Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> he would play twenty four hour long sessions with oh his friends gosh. in the basement." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" And back then, I didn't really know what Dungeons and Dragons was uh, until I was about seven or eight years old, I, I saw my brother playing uh, just in, in the living room with his friend. And I, I was sitting there watching them. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Because it would be like, uh, okay, there's a there's a tavern here. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's a, a, a shop over here. And then like my brother be like, well, I go into the tavern. He's like, oh, you go in the tavern and roll for this. And I was like, how does he know what's happening? Right. Like, yeah. how, how does he know? Like, like, I don't see any, like, did, did they memorize this or something? Like, it did not click with me. I didn't understand until, uh, until I was in high school and we started playing, uh, 3.5. And my friend was just like, oh, you gotta try this thing. And I'm like, oh, I know this thing. My brother used to play this thing. I've always wanted to know how it works. And then we started delving into it and I was like, oh no, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. This is amazing. Yeah. And then, and then from there, you, you fast forward to, uh, you know, picking up the 5e handbook. And, and so, <laughs> so how, how did the shift happen then from, you know, kind of the shy like you play, I play, to, to being on a produced show? Like, how did all that come about? You know what? I, I got to give a lot of credit to TJ. Uh, we, we were playing. So we, we played a campaign. You know, we'd, we'd play at his place, uh, a whole group of us, every Sunday after karate. Uh, we'd all come over and, and just have it's like a six hour long session. Um, and we were playing the 5e. He was learning as a DM the 5e and we were learning as, as players. And we just had this like year long campaign. And uh, it was my my poor character died in his campaign. It was like the saddest oh, no. day of my life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then we started a new one. And that one's actually been running for about two years now. But it it's just this, this constant thing where we've made this commitment every Sunday to play. And I think that that's what really helped. You know, it's interesting to play with 
stunt people because, oh man, uh, stunt performers, I would say like action actors. So these guys are performers and they're stunt people. So playing with them is amazing. And TJ as a DM is, is so intense and, and it just makes you love the game even more because he'll, he'll like play some like epic music and then he'll be like, what do 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 and he'll like do these great voices and he'll <laughs> right, actually yeah. animate where he like walks across the room and like as oh, like a awesome. troll or whatever it's a really and, uh, that, like, it, physical it, it, aspect into the game exactly exactly so um anyway so so we'd play every sunday and i was very i'm very dedicated to that game you know i always believe that if you make a commitment to a game you should be very committed to it because if you don't show up you know you're letting your whole team down and actually my character in his campaign if i didn't show up everyone would die i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) humble brag right (laughs) um so anyway so it came from that um D&D Beyond had hit up TJ saying they wanted him in this new show that was that they were going to start their own D&D streaming um, service or whatever. And I he had I think it was Adam had asked TJ says, well, we're looking for some female players. You know, we'd like to you know make it a nice even number of female uh, male players. And he's like, do you know anyone? And he was like, oh, yeah, uh, I've got a short list for you. And I was on that short list. And it was so interesting because um, Adam and D&D Beyond actually are in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, okay. And it's funny because when they looked me up, uh, they looked on my IMDb and it, the first thing it says is, you know, Hope Lavelle grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. And like Adam was like, okay, that's a little serendipitous. I got to give this girl a call. Yeah. And so he gave me a call and he, he just wanted to, he, you know, chat. And he was, he was just like, TJ gave you, you know, a raving review that you're a great role player and, you know, you're a very dedicated person. And, uh, you know, and, and after talking, he was like, I think you sound great for this show. He's like, do you have a character? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got this great character. And he's like, when I told him about Penelope Halfpint, he was just like, oh, that'll that, that'll round off the group really well. He was just so excited. Um, and it was kind of just from there. And jumping into a live stream, I was just, I was, oh, my gosh, so nervous. Uh, I'm sure everybody can see it on the first episode. I was like, oh, my God. I, I was studying. I studied so hard for that first episode. I was like, I had to know everything. I had to make sure all my rules were right. I've memorized every spell in the book. You know, like I did Cramming not. Cramming like the night you know, before I, a final. Exactly. Because I, I didn't want to be that that person who like I, I was like, oh, you know, oh, no, there, I had all these fears that like, oh, if I mess up a spell, they're going to call me out and I'm going to sound like a, a big fat phony, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, then I realized that the community is just so supportive and, and just wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. Uh, ramble, ramble. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. And now you guys have been doing so you did um, Heroes of the Veil which is now kind of like you were saying, has segued into Beyond Heroes. So how long has that kind of been running now for? Oh, my goodness. So Heroes of, uh, Heroes of the Veil started with Mike Merles and then jumped over with Todd Kenrick, who had to take over the show. And it's been and then it was like, I want to say we ran for an entire year, did two seasons in a year. And then Beyond Heroes ran, started, it's been, what, it's, two months? Yeah, we're coming up on like year, a year and a half, I'd like to say. Okay. I, I really should keep better track of this <laughs> but uh uh yeah so so what has been kind of uh has anything surprised you about playing D on a stream versus you know kind of in person like at a table or, or does it all start to kind of feel the same once you once you really get into it you know what i actually was not excited about 
doing the the live stream where we're all in different places streaming in, you know, so that we're not together. I was so worried about that, like maybe that there would be a lack of energy or um, the lack of interaction that we'd be able to have. Uh, but as soon as we all started playing, it, it like clicked that we were just, it, it was like as if we were all in the same room. And, and like, because I know that a lot of people, you know, they prefer the critical role format where everybody's in a room together. And I get it that, that there, there's a great energy to that, too. But I'd like to say that our show has that exact same. Well, I won't say exact same, but it has a, a really great energy, even though we're literally states apart from each other. Yeah, that's kind of been, you know, I've, I've thought about getting into not necessarily stream, but just like an online game to have yet another game going. And that's kind of been mm -hmm. my concern as well as, you know, oh, would I have the connectivity? But I feel like everyone that I've talked to who plays like that has the exact same thing to say as you, that that it just kind of happens, right? Like like once you start playing, it doesn't really matter necessarily that it's a screen versus across the table. Um, mm -hmm. if you're all kind of like into it and dedicated to what you're doing, that, that the, uh, you know, camaraderie, if you will, just kind of like comes from there naturally. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have to thank the technology too, because, uh, with the certain streaming programs that we use and stuff, there's absolute, there's almost no latency. So, you know, it's almost like we're in the same room, uh, talking to each other, you know, even though we're yeah. again, States apart, uh, there's, there's no lag or anything. Um, and that really helps the energy. And I have to, very quick, totally unrelated to what we're talking about, but before I forget that you're from Huntsville, did you or did you not go to space camp as a child? <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny. I get that question a lot. I literally lived five minutes from space camp, from the uh, Space and Rocket Center. Yeah. Uh, and it's so funny because it's just kind of a thing that's there. So it's not special to us. Uh, and, and I never did. But it's so funny because the, the, literally the month I moved out to L.A., uh, I got booked on a job for a film called Space Camp or yeah, or Space Warriors, it was called, that then flew me back to Huntsville <laughs> to go film to go film oh, at man. the Space and Rocket Center. Can't you can you can take the girl out of space camp, but you know you can't take the space camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like that. So that was actually my first experience of space camp. Was you know after after college, after moving out of out, away from home just to come back and be like, Oh, Hey mom, I'm back. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. Well, thank you for, thank you for, uh, taking my, you know, kind of nerdy homeschool space camp question. Is that <laughs> something that you've always dreamed of doing? No, my, that space camp? I mean, not really. So my, I, I have family in Mobile, Alabama and then okay. my brother was huge into, uh, into NASA and all that growing up. Cause I'm in Houston. And so we have space center Houston. Oh and we yeah. Johnson's mm -hmm. Bay, the whole thing. And so he went to space camp a couple times. So we would always drive oh. out there and drop him off at space camp. Um, I never went personally, but you know, I, I'm aware of it. Um, That's so, very cool. so going out, so going out to LA, uh, if you, if you could go back and tell, you know, younger hope, like, Hey, you're going to move to LA, you're going to be doing, you know, stunts and action and, and stuff and, you know, film and whatnot. And then you'll also be, uh, you'll be acting in Dungeons and Dragons. Like what, what, what would your response have been kind of thinking back to where you were then? Uh, I guess first off, I'd be, I'd be like, uh, nope, <laughs> nope, I don't think so. Uh, because, you know, uh, 
young me, all I cared about was making films. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be a director. I was never that person who wanted to be in front of the camera. Uh, It terrified me. I, you know, I had, I had a lot of like, you know, body issues and, and confident issues. Like I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to be behind the camera and make other people look good. And that that it was true all the way up until I moved to L.A. And I was working so hard, uh, you know, as, as an A.D. And and I just burnt myself out. And I kept looking at people on set and I kept thinking, oh, man, actors have it so easy. They get to hang out in their trailers. and don't have to worry about all the stress <laughs> yeah. of set and blah, blah, blah. I mean, little did I know how much stress actors can have. Right, sure. but, uh, but just looking at them from the other side, I'm like, you know what? That's it. I burnt myself out. I'm just going to quit my job as product- like as a production person and, and uh, try out acting. I really got hooked on it, uh, just acting, performing. And that's when I realized that I don't like – I'm not an actor. I'm not a uh, – I don't like to call myself an actor or anything. I'm, I'm an entertainer. I think I found my passion in just entertaining people. If, if making them laugh, just, you know, doing things that make people forget about their worries for a little bit. Uh, I think young me would be really happy that I'm doing that now, but still be really confused <laughs> sure. how, as to how I got there. For sure. And, and, you know, kind of making another jump cause I was looking at your Instagram the other day um, mm-hmm. and one of the things you have on there, uh, I, I think, I guess you took like a, like an ape motion class. Is that right? <laughs> like with these like arm extension yes. things. Yeah. I, okay. So again, we're totally, we're off the D and D trail now. And now I'm just more like, you know, I, cause I started clicking through and looking at the guy who taught the class. I was like, this looks amazing. Yeah. Um, Terry notary. Yeah. He's, he's literally the guy who taught everyone how to move like an ape on a, like yeah. Planet of the apes or whatever. Well, Planet it's crazy because like as a consumer of film or, or, you know, entertainment media, like you never think about those things. Like, like, you know, or me, like, you know, I know, okay. Andy circus exists and mm-hmm. he does all the motion capture for everything. And that's just how it works. But you never, but you never think, which I know isn't true, but you never <laughs> think about like, like there's some guy out there who specializes in like bringing these characters to life in that way. So, so, you know, what, what, what was that like? Like, what did you do at like the, the quadruped like workshop? Oh gosh. It's, it's really interesting how you, you'll get into the mindset of, of an ape, you know, a, a watching him teach you techniques of like when an ape moves, they don't they don't just move their arm forward. They actually do a scooping motion when they they walk. So it, it's kind of just finding that rhythm and finding that focus of of being a creature movement. Like I, I, it's interesting that you say this because you're right. There there are friends that I have that all they want to do is be a creature performer. Like that is what they specialize in. It's just movement. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of those types of people there who just like would get in that mindset and learn how to you know scoop the arms and and move your hips. And uh, the running was the most interesting part because they do kind of this gallop with like one arm in front. And like yeah. you just you just learn and you're supposed to you know study the movements. You watch real apes and stuff. Um, it's very interesting. He would have you sit down and then get up in a single, like a lot of the the work we would do in those workshops, uh, you don't even have the arm extensions. It's just about learning to control your body, um, and, and find all the tiny muscles that you're, you're just gonna minutely move in order to, uh, control yourself. So it's, it's a lot of that focused movement. 
yeah, it was like, it was a whole rabbit hole I went down. I was like, this is some of the most fascinating stuff I've ever, you know, way better than watching like hours of carpool karaoke on YouTube at night, which is probably what I would normally do. Uh, but no, it was, it was super interesting. And like, it kind of opened yeah. up like a whole new world. And, and so motion yeah. capture in general, do you, do you still tend to do a lot of motion capture work? I know you have previously, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do as much anymore. Um, I'm, I'm a producer at a film studio now, so I, oh, I stay awesome. pretty busy with that. But uh, yeah, my whole stunt career just I literally just fell into it. Haha, ha, pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, literally, I, I just I was doing parkour as just just as a hobby like it was it was one of my like things yeah. that I needed to do to let off steam I really enjoyed it and it was just one day I was I worked so hard at it and I loved it I was there at the gym every day studying my parkour and and practicing and one day someone was just like hey you should try stunts you know we need more girls and stunts and I was like okay I'll give it a try found out I'm really good at falling <laughs> So, uh, and I fell in love with it. Uh, so I started doing stunts, you know, learning how to fight and, and it opened up this whole world. You don't realize how many different types of stunts and, and things there are to do. Sure. Um, you know, you have your fight choreography, you have your falling, you have your fire, your water, your car stunts, um, your high falls. Uh, it's all, all different stunts that you can learn and do. And part of that is creature movement, is mocap, you know, you just literally even just human movement, you could study how humans move for years, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's so awesome. that's kind of what led into motion captures. I was a stunt performer and just heard about this, this uh, place called the mocap vaults that literally teaches actors and stunt people uh, how to transition into motion capture. And I, I literally took every single class. I was totally hooked on it. Um, and they do like heroes and monsters. They teach you how to um, you know, be in the suit and, and how different it is when you're acting in the suit. You know, each movement has to be slightly exaggerated. And uh, yet it is still my, it's like mixing theater with film. It's like this weird mix of, of being big, but also being small at the same time. Because in motion capture, sometimes like, if you're, like in video games, uh, the camera can move. So maybe your performance will be far away if the character's far away, but then the character can move right up to your character. So you have to have that hybrid sense. And, and not only that, but you're in this large volume and there's nothing there. You're literally wearing pajamas with these balls on them. And it's it's literally just like in D&D. It is a theater of the mind. You know, you are in this. You have to create every inch of the environment. I had a teacher who would say, you know, what what does the air smell like? Is it damp? Is there a fog blowing? You know, like, is the yeah. ground wet? Is there dew on the ground? Like, you have to think and imagine every piece of the world. And that really translated into my D&D playing. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes to total sense. Um, and it's kind of interesting, too, that you make the point about theater, because as you were talking, I, I had that same thought. I did theater all growing up and, and through college. And and it is that kind of like when you're on the stage that like you get into this mode of naturally kind of over exaggerating what you're doing so that it translates through to the viewer. And, and it does, I, and I've seen people, some people who can mentally make that shift where like, okay, like this might not feel how I act in my normal life, but this is kind of what I do to tell the story on the stage. Mm -hmm. um, and some people get in, some people don't. And it, it makes total sense though, that that's present in mocap too, right? Like everything you're saying is just I don't know it's it's cool how all of this kind of converges like very old school 
you know, theater performance stuff now with like this crazy hyper modern, you know, mm-hmm. mocap world. It's awesome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, do, do you uh, have like a favorite project that you, uh, that you worked on kind of in, in your mocap time? Uh, can I talk about that one yet? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> a lot, yeah, a lot totally. of NDAs. You, can, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I got, I got to do this one scene that I thought was really fun and it was actually just, a um, an exercise that I did for like a, a summit that we, we had where I got to play like this, literally it was a D and D scene almost. Uh, I got to play like this rogue thief kind of character who was, uh, coming into a cave full of gold and treasure and trying to sneak around, um, and not let the, this giant troll like wake up and hear me. And then of course he wakes up like, as I'm grabbing stuff. And then I like, it was just a really fun thing. Cause then we, we, we rolled out into this fight and it was just really cool because I was like this, I was like this tiny little rogue thief person. And like yeah. this troll was like, you can't have my gold, blah, prepare to die. And then uh, we did this really cool fight scene between those two dynamics where I was like rolling around and like doing cartwheels. And he was just like using this giant like axe to like try to kill me. Um, and it was just so much fun. It was, it's just like one of those things where we're in this volume and we're just playing, you know, like we had this great choreography and, and just getting to do it over and over. Like I was game. I was, I wasn't tired. I like, you know, 40 takes later, I'm like, I got this. This is so great. Let's keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. So jumping, let's jump back to D and D because it's the all ADHD episode tonight where I'm, I'm just going to go all over the place and I appreciate <laughs> you like uh, going with it. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's a good vibe and it's working well. Um, so you've gotten to do some other really cool things like through D and D. I know that recently you were a part of the, the charity 20 that Satine Phoenix does. Um, what is that kind of like being part of not just, not just a game for fun and not just a game, you know, for production for mm-hmm. people to watch, but actually doing something with, you know, D and D to help other people, which, which again, you know, a few years ago, if you'd said, Hey, we're going to raise money for people by playing Dungeons and Dragons, that would have been crazy, but, but you're doing it now. So, so what's that like? Oh my God. I, I wish I could do it more. I'm like hungry to do more charities because it's such a wonderful feeling to, uh, to be able to, again, entertain and perform, uh, for people and inspire them to give to these charities and, and the, the donations that come in just, it's it's and I I have to say I love it when donations come in for the charity, but it's also such a wonderful thing the way that those who are donating I almost feel like they are uh, part of the game. And um, gosh, I wish I could just I'll, I just eat it up. The more charities, the better. Um, they're always such wonderful games with great causes. Um, I know that the Charity Twenty. Um, was one of the most amazing games I've ever gotten to do because I got to play with Luke Gygax, and I was just like. What? <laughs> right, right. Who am I? Uh, it was such a such a surreal moment, and he's just like the nicest guy. But getting to sit next to him, and just the energy he gave off was infectious. He just exude the confidence of just like he just exuded the game. Like it was just coming out sure, of him, it was yeah. oozing out of him. He he literally knew everything in so his blood, perfect. right? Exactly. It, that's exactly it. it. Is literally in his blood, and and playing with him was just. I just learned so much the way he would just roll, you know, he'd, he'd roll his attack with his damage and then instantly do the math in his head. And he was, didn't even have to look at his character sheet. Uh, the greatest guy, greatest guy ever. And that was just such a wonderful experience. Yeah. And, and it's cool. Like you said, the mechanic that you guys do in these games, almost kind of like a hunger games esque, you know, like 
like <laughs> charity people can like send gifts right to impact the game has has there yes. ever has there ever been a moment um like a, oh holy shit moment where like somebody you know dropped a big donation and and, and threw something into the game that was kind of game changing uh there was this one uh, Stratacus stream that uh, actually Dustin from D4, I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, it was kind of like towards the last minute of the game and he donated like $100, uh, which, you know, we had been getting $5, $20, yeah. great donations. Uh, but if you donated $100, then Scrat had to down an entire, uh, like an entire box of the uh every flavor beans oh my god or whatever those right like the birdie <laughs> bots like harry potter ones or whatever yes yeah. yeah exactly and he had to down all of them uh because of that donation in like the very end of our game and just his face oh my god he was just like oh the worst feeling ever he was like that i will never do again but thank you for the donation um and that was pretty life-changing i know that charity 20 um i think if you donated a really large amount of money. It was a certain set amount. Uh, your your character, like whoever donated, would become the villain in oh, the wow. game. That's great. And I just thought that was the coolest mechanic. And I think yeah. somebody actually did it. Not in my game. I think it was the game after. Uh, but I can't. I can't imagine that happening. I'd be like, that would be so cool. Like, could you imagine if? they were playing a game and then I donated like the a thousand dollars to have Penelope half pint be the villain in Just someone's like game is the big bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be so funny. Super fun. Um, so yeah, those are really cool mechanics. That is super fun. Well, so, so what other stuff do you have uh, going on? Do you, do you ever do like conventions or stuff? Like how big is D and D kind of becoming in, in your life and in your career right now? You know what? It is so crazy because all I've ever wanted as a kid, it, like Little me would be so stoked that I, I used to, you know, I, I go to like Dragon Con every year. I hit up conventions all the time. Um, but it, it's always been my lifelong dream to be a guest to, at a convention, to be like up, yeah, actually up yeah. on the stage for panels and stuff. And now I'm actually living that dream. That's Yay! crazy. <laughs> so, so awesome. um, yeah, so we've we've done, you know. Game Hole Con, uh, we did D&D Live, uh, we, we get flown out for, D&D uh, Beyond will send us out to conventions as much as they can. I know that there was talks we were supposed to be doing PAX E this year, um, and and just do live shows, and I gotta tell you, it's literally the greatest thing uh, to get to do live shows and get to go to all these conventions and meet, you know, f fans. Yeah. Uh, I know at D&D Live last year, it was, oh, it was just one of the greatest moments, because it was still all pretty fresh, everything was pretty new. And we were doing a, um, a signing, um, and I just couldn't. I was just so blown away that it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, nobody's gonna come. No, nobody's gonna want my my autograph or anything. And like, there was this whole line of people, and it was just so amazing. And I had this one person come up as I was signing their book, and they were like, I just want you to know that because of your character in your show, my my girlfriend has actually started playing D and D because she thought you had to play big brooding characters, and she never wanted to do that. But you've shown her that you can play sweet, humble little characters, um, and I was just blown away by that I was just like oh my gosh I, I felt so good just to hear from the fans like in person like that yeah. it just really was life-changing that's super cool I mean that's that's really cool <laughs> that's that's one of my uh one of my like 
you know, dream goal things too. Right. And, and I've said a few times on this podcast, cause I'm going to speak it out into the world until it happens. But like, like D and D live, like someday, you know, participating in some sort of official way and, and something like that. Um, I, you know, that's, that's like the dream. So it's super cool to hear someone else like getting to do that. Like, like it's encouraging and it's exciting. Like that's so awesome for you. Like, like how cool is that? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope the same for you. Like, you know, roll for persuasion can be the, the biggest podcast out there right, you know, right, and, right. and you get to travel around and, yeah, and do live podcasts cool. at conventions. <laughs> that, you know, hoping and dreaming and, and, and going for it. That's so yeah. awesome. So, so any, uh, you know, we can cut this out, I guess, but do you know anything about D and D live 2020? Do you know, is that kind of in the works? Oh yeah. It's in the works. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but it's definitely going to be a really cool year. Well, that's enough for me to run with. I can, I can, you know, totally yeah. go with that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got to watch some of the streams last year, but this year I'm, I'm definitely going to try and find a way to go. So that's, yeah. That's super Last exciting. year's D and D live was such a cool event. Oh my gosh. I, I, it, they really are, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but it, it was just a really amazing experience. And I, Literally, as soon as it ended last year, I was like, I can't wait for next year. And I like, I can't believe it's actually already here. I feel like this whole year is zipped by so fast. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's almost time for D&D Live. <laughs> Super exciting. Do you, do you have a, uh, so you played with, with a lot of cool people, Luke Gygax, uh, you played with mm -hmm. Jason Charles Miller, Satine, mm -hmm. um, Ivan, like, mm -hmm. like cool TJ, just cool, cool people. Are, are there yeah. people like on your like D&D hit list as far as like, man, I would love to you know, play a game deemed by that person, or I would love to play in a game or, or do you just love what you're doing so much? You're like, yeah, who cares what other people are doing? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'd love to play with, uh, Chris Perkins, right? right. That would be amazing. That's what we're doing. We're speaking our dreams into existence yeah. via podcast. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. One day I will play with Chris Perkins. <laughs> no, so it's so cool. I, I got to watch him at game Hulk on, uh, DM, uh, a game live and it, was so gosh again it was his energy of just exuding the like the whole game just in his head he just was so calm and I loved his characters and uh watching him I was just like I get I bet playing with him is magic so uh that that'd be a dream yeah for sure he's he's such a nice guy too and and he I really say is. that because like I I worked at, I worked pack south uh doing video like shooting video uh, for the convention several years ago, probably just a couple months after I got into D and D. And so I had no idea who anyone in the D and D world was. And I had a break and I wandered, I saw there was like a panel that was like, uh, you know, be a better dungeon master or something. And, and I'd been DMing the first campaign for my group. And so I was like, Oh, I'll go sit on that. I was like, who's this cool dude with his long sleeves and hat and whatever. And he, he's, you know, saying all this cool stuff about D and D. This guy seems pretty cool. <laughs> And then he was running a, an Acquisitions Inc. game yes. later that day. And I went and watched it. And I was like, well, this is the coolest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> again, I still don't know who he is at this time. And so like, yeah. I, I decided to follow him on Twitter. And again, don't Google him or anything. But I think I tagged him in something because uh, we got a new DM for my group. And I was like, mm -hmm. hey, Chris Perkins, because you seem like a celebrity guy. I was like, hey, do you, you know, could you do like a DM care package or something for, for my DM? And he was like, yeah, sure. What's his address? And I was like, really? And oh long my story short, he sent like an autographed copy of <gasps> Curse of Strahd and like all of the, like every, oh every book gosh. Wizards had done at that time, um, which I'm amazing. like, oh, this is really cool. 
and I still, even when I got it, didn't look at the book and realize, oh, oh Chris wrote this. Like, oh <laughs> I was God. like, oh, that's just cool. He's like a celebrity autographed thing. Oh and I gave him my DM and he just like freaked out. I was like, well, it's cool, but is it that cool? And he was like, no, wow. let me explain how cool this is. So that that, is so that's awesome. my tiny Chris Perkins story. And he's just, yeah. I, I love it. It's just yeah. a fantastic person. People like him and, of course, you know, Jeremy Crawford, like people who just uh, they, they just know the game. It's it's part of them, you know, and, and getting to play with that kind of energy is yeah. just inspiring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so real quick, my one of my last questions for you is I want to talk about your character real quick. And okay. uh, yeah, in, in your show. So explain real quick, like who she is. How did you come up with her? What was kind of that whole that whole thing? Uh, well, hello, my name is Penelope Halfpint. Um, do you want to be my friend? Um, yeah, Penelope Halfpint. Well, pa- Halfpint's not my real name. It's this name I got this one time at the pub. A whole half pint of mead. Oh, well, it wasn't a whole, whole, whole pint. It was half of a whole pint. No, it was a pint of a whole. It was half. Well, I drink the whole half of it. So Penelope half pint <laughs> is this adorable little uh, halfling druid. Yeah. And um, she's she she's just an innocent, naive uh, adventurer who who wants to be a hero and w- just wants to make friends with everyone. Uh, that's literally her her whole shtick is that she doesn't really understand what what evil and bad is she just sees the good in everyone um even when they're showing themselves as to be evil people she gives them the benefit of the doubt um and 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 it's such a wonderful character to play because uh, she's so wholesome um and she came about believe it or not in that very first game i played with tj storm she technically technically while um a version of her is who I played. She was Penelope Proudfoot, uh, a halfling ranger. And that was the first character I played in, in TJ's game with fifth edition. And I fell in love with her. I thought she was the greatest character ever. Um, and she was very silly and dumb and in the best way. Uh, and she's actually the character that died. Uh, oh, and that's okay. why I was so sad to see yeah. her die because she didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. Uh, so she, she died trying to scout for, you know, um, scout ahead. And she didn't heed the warnings that TJ was throwing out as the dungeon <laughs> master. And she she was ripped to shreds. Oh, and man. I cried so long. Um, and then when I got the chance to, uh, when Adam asked me if I had a character, I'm like, well, I'll, uh, I'll do a spin on her. I'd like leave Penelope Proudfoot dead because that's how you play D&D. If a character dies, they are gone. Um, but maybe this is this is a rendition of her uh, a cousin or something a Penelope half pint um, and I, I restructured her for the show and um, again she's just my favorite character ever she's so much fun to play and are you extra attentive to like the DM warning signs now <laughs> like are, are you ultra careful like oh she's not gonna go that far ahead I am Penelope's not <laughs> so luckily I mean yeah I've learned my lesson. I'll say that, but it, I, it doesn't change me from the way I play the game too much. You know, I got to play yeah. the character as the character. That's that's awesome. I, I definitely uh, have a character that that if if he ever died, I would feel that way. And then I also have a character right now that really, if he died, I'd be totally fine. And I keep putting him <laughs> into dangerous situations so I can get rid of him and roll a new character. And <laughs> that stupid bastard keeps living, and so. I, you know, I'm the opposite end of the spectrum right now. I'm like, please just send a dragon, just do something <laughs> to just be, be it over with so I can start something new. So 
do, do you always play characters that, I mean, do you have kind of like a typecast, uh, characters that you love to play, like uh, a certain like uh, personality yeah, type? I, I, so I do. And then my current character that I have now that I'm like really into is is a pretty big break from that. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much. But I have a tendency to play the uh, very charismatic, cocky, chaotic, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, character. Because that's just kind of like, a, it's a... It's a you know, exaggeration of my own personality to a degree. And so I enjoy <laughs> I being, I enjoy being like the face of the group and being the high charisma, you know, you know, lying and deceiving and, you know, using like uh, social magic to, to like change and, and all that stuff. Um, but my current character is, is a lawful evil, like very stoic uh, monk. And I've previously oh. always played like sorcerers and warlocks. And, and so <laughs> totally different character. And I love it. Like we had a whole RP session when we played a couple days ago where I didn't uh-huh. say anything. And I was like, this is so cool. I am not <laughs> the person so cool. being up at the front. This is a cool thing for me. Yes. So, and so that's, that's kind of like, different. yeah, like that's it. what's fun about the game, right? Is that you can, <laughs> you can experiment not just with like your own personality, but you're like, what if, what if I just literally played somebody else today? Sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's something I love to do is, is I always like to mix it up. I love playing characters that don't make any sense. Like I have a Luxodon barbarian. And when you hear that, you probably think of, Oh, I am a Luxodon barbarian, right? you know, but no, she's, she, she's kind of like this, Oh, hey guys, what's up? Uh, you guys are doing great. And uh, I feel like I'm just going to get really angry right now. And I'm going to like rage, you know? So she's like this yeah. super chill hippie yeah. um, that just doesn't make sense for the, for the, the type. Um, and then I have like this <clears throat> half orc monk named Dirt. My monk and... is a half orc. <laughs> oh, really? That's perfect. I love Canon, it. Canon, they're uh, probably related. Yeah. Uh, she and my yeah dirt's like she's like she doesn't understand what it means to be a, a monk she's just like i'm gonna punch my way to enlightenment you guys right. better watch out here i come you know so she's totally like the opposite of any monk you would know but right. she's trying to learn what it means to be a monk again i, I guess i love characters that have uh, room to grow room yeah, to yeah. learn yeah def- definitely like room to develop and, and change yeah. and grow and, that, and that's probably exactly. one of my favorite things about the game is is giving giving yourself and your characters room to, to develop and really like sure. flesh out and become, you know, really in, mm-hmm. in lots of ways become very real, like to the point where we would cry if they die. Right. Exactly. I love, you know, flawed characters are, are the best characters, the ones we can really relate to. And, and you never know. I mean, D and D campaigns can go on for so long, so it's okay to start out, you know, like I started out Penelope. Uh, I started her out as a, she was scared. She was scared of everything. Um, she was, she had so much fear in her and she didn't want to do anything. Cause I knew I wanted her to learn what it, what it was like to become a hero and to be brave. I wanted her to, to develop that way, but I got a lot of flack for it being like, well, halflings are brave. Halflings, you know, have that feat of being brave. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm just playing it out, you know? So, uh, a lot of, you know, sometimes you just got to, wait for it to I was, so I felt very rushed I was like okay I have to make her I have to make her brave but no you just sit it out let it happen naturally um and and I, I actually encourage players out there if you're if you're listening like make a super flawed character uh that has room to grow like try it it's it's such a wonderful and fulfilling feeling when you you actually get to change that person through the experiences that you have um in the game it's 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 one of the best parts of D, I think 
And it's oftentimes surprising, right? Because you don't always, you know, you might even go in thinking, okay, I'm going to make a flawed character who is going to eventually grow this way and behave this way. And then Mm -hmm. in the course of playing, you get so into what you're doing, the the character grows in a way that you were never expecting and, and can surprise you. Yes. And that's even better where, yeah, you, you let the, the experiences that happen, you know, that you have no control over change your character in the way that it should, you know, again, it's about going with the flow, you know, again, D and D is an improv game, you know, it's all about saying yes. And, you know, yes to the situation and, and letting it happen. Um, that's the number one thing that players can do is just, is just go with the flow and, and that's where you'll find the true bliss of the game. Well, I can't think of a better place to uh, to end it than that. That's a that's a nice <laughs> place to land the plane. I like it. I love it. Well, so where can uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can they check out the show if they want if they haven't watched the stream and they want to see it? Uh, how can they find you? Oh yes, uh, please please join us on D and D Beyond Beyond Heroes. Uh, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash D and D Beyond. We play live every Wednesday from two to four p.m. PST. So uh, do the math if you're not in PST. <laughs> and uh, of course, on, on Twitter, I'm at Real Hope Lavelle, R-E-E-L, as in the movie reels, uh, because I'm a filmmaker. Uh, and on uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on Inst- uh, Instagram. I'm at Hope Lavelle. Well, awesome. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been real fun. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is this is a dream come true because I feel like I'm on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's that's really all we're going for. So uh, right? I'm glad to know you got the vibe. Um, <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. And don't forget that if you are a Patreon backer, stick around after the outro music because we will talk be talking a bit more with Hope about uh, something random that I have not picked yet. So it's going to be a surprise for everyone. So make sure that you, uh, if you are not supporting the show, you do that. You can download all the old episodes and hear all the Zone of Truth segments. And if you are a backer, enjoy, because in just a few minutes, we will be kicking into that. But first, as always, and as we said at the beginning, you can join us uh, in the discussion online. Twitter, at Roll Persuasion. Instagram, at Roll Persuasion. Email, Andrew, at RollForPersuasion.com. And you can support the show at Patreon.com slash RollForPersuasion. The Zone of Truth segment is brought to you by my friends at Smuggler's Coffee, who make the most delicious coffee in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, You should definitely check them out, store.smugglerscoffee.com. You really can't get anything more delicious than what these guys are doing. Uh, Aging the beans in bourbon barrels in freaking scotch. I I can't even tell you how good the coffee is. Uh, I drink it far more often than I should. So that segment coming up is supported by them. Um, But until next time, guys, make sure that you are having fun, that you're loving each other, and don't forget to enjoy your games.